0: Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, it's a very special episode. Um, much like the recently unearthed Final Beatles song, where um, uh, Ringo and Paul uh, managed to engineer one of John's old demos, uh, we've used AI to reconstitute Tom. Um, There's a version (laughs) of him present now. And, uh, you know, uh, just to kind of like uh, bide our time while the real Tom uh, makes his reentry. But uh, we thought I I wanted to give um, virtual Tom uh, the proper introduction here. So uh, Alan, Alan and I are here and so is Ah, uh, fake Tom. How's it going, fake Tom? Well, l-
1: l- well, let me l- let me make it clear that so that people won't get confused like they did with the Beatles song. It's not I'm not an AI version of me. They used AI to create me here. Uh, uh, as I understand, they did that with with John Lennon, and and I don't I don't want you to think there's a fake John Lennon or a fake Tom Rutledge walking around. It's like no, we're we're real. It just took a little AI to get us here. Yeah that's that's the extent of my technical knowledge but I am thrilled to be back with you guys. I appreciate your support throughout this stuff and um I'm I'm just happy to be back. Feels like I'm doing something normal today.
2: I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me and said, "When's Tom coming back? When's Tom coming back? I miss Tom. I miss Tom. I miss his personality. I miss his I miss his perspective." And so it's I'm sure that's so yeah. Much- after
1: after yeah. you speak, I'm supposed to come in and kind of help people understand what the, what's really going on. You know, the that's I'm my saying? job.
0: <laughs> that is your time, so
1: they're all out now there. That, now, 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 now that now. Alan has has get, confused you with so much content, let me let me tell you this in, in sort of a, a down down uh down in you a way. But are going to give him a nutshell. Nut a nutshell. A nutshell. Nut
0: Have you happened to do any nutshells, or are you like cooking? Any currently, or
1: the the only nutshell I've done based on my recent experiences one just this is my private one, which is there ain't no easy cancer, That's you know, because right. I, I thought because I had a, a a cancer that was had a high success rate of treatment and and they say it was pretty easily treated, that kind of stuff. I mistook that for it, and, and and you you guys have mentioned my good attitude going into it. I think that was part now. I have ev- now. I have tell on my part because I think I went in thinking this is this is going to to you know there's going to be a breeze or some kind of duck soup here but uh uh, what i've learned and and of course uh, i've been i tell you you what an education hang out with cancer patients for a while we talk about the rooms when i talk when i refer to the rooms now i mean i mean the aa rooms and the chemotherapy rooms because there is wisdom in those places i mean and there is there is there are lessons to be learned in terms of of people who who understand what really counts and i'll tell you the other thing here's Here's one thing I learned that cancer patients have above all of us they know how to dress comfortably. Mm. You just—I realized when I was wearing my house shoes around and going to the doctor's appointments with my with my house shoes and stuff—I real you're know, looking around, going like I was—I was fitting in just fine. You know, you have the loose, loosest sweatshirt on, and and your house shoes, and and you you're basically dressed like the dude on on the Great Lebowski, you
0: know, <laughs> and you
1: you're just walk, walking around. You don't give a shit what you look like. It's just it's just about being comfortable, and. uh, and I don't know, I just, I've, I've met so many people, through people who were my treatment people, but also people who were in, the, in those rooms with me. We'll be writing coming out of it, but it, I don't have it now. It
0: should go without saying, but I'm going to say it, uh, you know, this is uh, one of the best weekends I've had in a while because I'm looking at you right now. Um, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. When you. When you went in uh, to your treatment and you were talking to all of us, your attitude couldn't be better. Like uh, you were so, it felt like you were very grounded and very mm-hmm. kind of like in recognition of um, the challenges ahead. But um, I would say like, you know, your emotional sobriety was like very uh, keenly calibrated. And and then you went into uh, Mordor and you've been there for like the last few months. How was that experience then encountering the beast? With you know oh, all your treatments and stuff,
1: all that, all that I've, had, I've heard from so many people about things that we I said on the podcast going in about positive attitude. I've had people quote me and say you said this, and it really inspired me. And and I'm thinking about where I've been through. That, I'm going like, oh, by the way, I lost all of that. You know, I mean, it's like I I I was I was I was a, an emotional drunkard. <clears> there <throat> according to our definitions i mean it's like it didn't happen all at once but man we try to learn from what we do right so we can repeat it but we also learn we also know we learn from fucking up i have a lot i have a lot to work with coming through this thing because it's like it was it was it was deep it was dark i was i was naive as hell thinking that because i have a uh, easily supposedly according to the 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 statistics easily treated cancer or or very successfully treated cancer that it was not going to be real hard and when i've you know i've gotten validation from lots of cancer people (laughs) since then it's like there if if i if we write a book about this alan it's going to be there ain't no easy cancer it's like it's like because i don't care what the cancer is what what they do to get rid of it is is hellacious and and i'm grateful for it but it's like, no, man, I, I was, I, I didn't, I, I was in place where I had nothing and it's like, and I didn't, I, and I didn't have, I, I was, I was close to not, not feeling like I had any hope or anything. I was, I was as deep in it as, as you could be. And I, and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm regaining, regaining it as I come back out of that. But it's like, yeah, no, I did not. I did not, I did not maintain that good attitude throughout. I was kind to people around me. I think I was, I think I was kind to, to Dee and people who were, who were trying to help me, but it's like, and, and I talk, you know, I'm always talking to people about not isolating God. It's like, it, it took Dee everything just to get, just to, just to let me have, have a friend come over and visit me. You know, I was I was just, I, I had no, you know, I told you, I had no interest in watching TV. I had no interest in reading a book. I had no interest in talking to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. It's like, I was just, I mean, I was just, I was under it. I'm waiting for this to heal. People are saying this takes months to heal. Talking about talking about the after effects of radiation and chemo, and they say it takes it takes months to heal. I tell you, there's one prophecy that the the people had told me ahead of time that is absolutely true. There's something there's something very unique about about how uh, the radiation thing uh, hits your energy. I've never I've heard people described it, but it's like it was like. Um, It's funny, my brain, my brain never really felt like it was without energy, but I felt like a toy who somebody just took the battery out of it physically. It's like, there was just nothing. It was just zero energy at all. I could just, you know, and I, and I would, and I, and I could just sit for long periods of time or just, and and thank goodness at first just sleep for long periods of time, which, which I needed to do. Yeah. But inside my head and I might, I might've done okay on the, on the outside looking in, uh, conversing with other people but in my inside my head it was just fucking dark and i'm very grateful to be back with you guys today
0: you know uh when they say relapse is a part of recovery um you know i think of um you know alan you talked about some of the earliest days of your breakup recently and like just how dark things got Mm -hmm. and uh and tom you're describing your um experience right now and all the different ways that we kind of like we drift to the edges, you know, be that from a, um, recovery from drug and alcohol or some kind of like a nutrition program or whatever, but it is a continuum. Emotional sobriety is a continuum, right. And it's a practice. And I think that this is like an object lesson and there are, there can be extreme zags in terms of like, you know, uh, the places that we find ourselves and, um, just like feeling bad isn't an indication that our recovery is going poorly, you know, like, um, going through this like extreme period of malady you know is uh understandably things are going to get dark you, you will you will you yeah. will isolate your body will need to recover but uh it's all part of the sauce right all right
1: yeah, when you can, pay, when you can, and when when the energy was so low, I mean, the bottom line is I didn't have, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't panning back at all. You know, we, I talk about that a lot, panning back, seeing, seeing the bigger picture. The thing, the thing I think about, I think about this, with this vest I'm wearing, because Alan sent me this vest earlier on, uh nice, heavy, warm vest. And I told him it became my security blanket. Uh, to me, it kind of represents like when I'll tell people is, is if you're going into a dark place, you know, tie this tie this rope around your waist and, and give the other end to us and it's like that so I'm, I'm tethered to you guys i don't think i was thinking of that at the time but as i come back out of that i can feel that i can you know i knew in and, and this this vest kind of represented that as i as i become more aware able to think it through and just knowing that that i knew i i knew i was in a bad bad place i knew i was in a dark place but i didn't i never thought that i wasn't connected you know, I knew, I knew you guys were there. Uh, I think that you you were asking earlier, Patrick, why, why some of my, my messages were, were my worry that I was letting you guys down. I think, I think that was uh, now that I, I'm i just now getting that. I think part, part of my old codependency coming back is, is I'm afraid I'm fucking up and, and I, you know, and I need, I need you guys. Like, no, no, like I've never needed you before. And, and, and I think maybe I, I have neglected my relationship with you guys so much that you're not going to be there. And so when I texted you guys at one point and you guys both texted back immediately, it was just like, that was the, that was one of the best things of my whole life at that point. I, I cry when I think about it. It was like, just just relief that, and you both just texted back, no, we love you. It's like, we're, we're right here and, we, and, you know, we want you back. And so, that, it, it, so I really, it's a nice, that's a good lesson coming out Realize I was never disconnected. Uh, but uh, you know, that rope, that rope was extended way down. <laughs> it sounds like it was for you too, Alan.
2: Yeah, it was Tom. It really was. There's nothing you could do that would ever alienate me from you, man. I love you.
1: Uh,
2: nothing. Thank you. And I've, thank I've you. been with you through the whole thing and I was hoping the vest would be exactly mm-hmm. what it, what it means to you man i mean it's. Yeah. Mm, it's you. Thank when you. i thought it, i said this is i got to get this for tom this is tom mm.
1: it is oh it's perfect i love it it's like it's um it's it's, it's, it's i never had i've never had anything like i have vests all over the place but i never had anything that was uh, like a substantial vest like this i mean it's 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 uh it's 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 sturdy it's it's thick it's warm Uh, and you know, and it just, it has weight to it. You know, I can put it on. I feel, you know, I can feel it. So, so
0: I I, I, I love it. When I think of, uh, the kind of the last kind of conversations we had, or like, you know, the weeks of the podcast leading up to, um, the pause, um, it's no words that you've said to me, but when I describe my, uh, you know, my bullshit to you, or, you know, my, uh, my, my relationship folly or my recovery anxiety Mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, I would always just, you have this look in your eye of deep uh, understanding and recognition. <laughs> like, you know, you've been there, you see that. And uh, mm-hmm. I i never, I, I always felt like I was being recognized and uh, you you knew intimately of what you spoke. That, and, means,
1: uh, that means a lot, Patrick. Thank you. I've been missing that.
0: I was just going to say, I hope you
2: feel that way too, Patrick, that we're here for you. And mm-hmm. that I know you've been going through some dark times. You know, maybe I was thinking that maybe this podcast is cursed. The fuck, man! We just need a tsunami and a hurricane and a fucking tornado. Oh
1: my god! Oh my god! No kidding. Well,
2: well and I'm excited about the project you and I are about to embark on about taking one of your books, yes, and now tweaking it towards the emotional sobriety. Tell everybody about that book and what we're going to be doing.
1: Well, it's one of my it's one of my uh, it's one of my favorite books that I wrote. It's called It's called Earning Your Own Respect um I was it was originally published with New Harbinger uh Publications and um and I loved working with those people and um and they had wonderful editors we even saw how it was sold they, they came to me and said, would you like to write another book for us And I was you know and that that's unusual in the publishing business in, in, in terms of just they, they were they were taking a chance on me and, and it was a perfect question because I thought because by the time I finished the self-forgiveness handbook, I realized it had delivered me to this idea that the other side of that same coin is personal responsibility, which I think is the essence, which is the core of, emotional sobriety at this point is 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 personal responsibility and and so i so i yeah i wrote the book called earning your own respect which basically is you know uh, uh, um we talk about it a lot i think nathaniel brandon talks about the reputation the reputation that matters most is your reputation with yourself i mean it's, it's so much stuff i'm just amazed when i look back through that book um how much stuff it just it could just come right out of our our thursday night workshops yeah you know and so that's that's why and so what i what i'm what i've asked Alan to do is is uh i think of it as a deck of cards you know you're half the deck and i'm half the deck we're gonna shuffle it together you know yeah. and, and 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 bring bring your your uh your per your your perspective from the from uh the emotional sobriety uh paradigm and and the language of that and and just connect it to to what i what i believe is in that book which is very very consistent with it and it's and and, um it's just gonna be fun to have this this project with you
2: yeah i'm excited man i think it's gonna be a great book and look at its it's i've
1: always yeah i'm glad that's the other thing i want to say i love that book and it's been out of print for quite a while so this the other thing is you're giving me an opportunity to get that book back out there and i think i think it really has some good stuff in it and and i appreciate that very much
2: it's great i'm excited about the project it's it's good forward to and and look i just love having you back here with us today and Mm. and it's 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 a delight in so many ways
1: I really am. It's rare that I'm speechless, but I really just I'm just happy to be here.
0: I'm glad we can text each other. It's so quick, you know. I mean, I was just Mm -hmm. complaining about texting, but I mean, it's all about the tools. It's all about how they're used, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're able Mm -hmm. to really stay connected in a profound way. I think, yeah, even through hardcore hardcore stuff like you've been going through, you know.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I've noticed. That I have a I have a couple of friends, but but one one in particular, an old college friend, who basically. I don't know that there was a day or two days that ever went by during this, this whole time I was in treatment uh, that I didn't hear from him. And he, and he, and he made it for, he was a, a very clear on the front end. He said, I'm going to text you a lot. He said, you don't have to respond at all. He said, I know you're going to be busy. I know you're not going to be feeling good. And he, and I knew he meant it. Uh, and, and he just has stayed connected to me through the, through the whole thing. Very brief little text. Uh, sometimes, sometimes something very touching and, and and kind. Sometimes just something funny, but, um, and, you know, and I have responded a lot easy to him because there's no expectation. And so what I would say, what I say is if, if that's, if that's the gift you can give somebody who's going through something is, 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 uh, You know, give, give what you can without expectation of, of, of of recognition coming back. Cause it's, it's like, you know, you can feel from this end, you can feel like, Oh, I've got this, I got this letter from somebody, or I got this card and I need to respond. And it's like, you just, I just didn't feel like it. My sister sent me just, it still sends me tons of, of cards in the mail. Like actual get well cards in the mail. So, so, uh, I'm, I'm loving that. And there's there's no there's nothing expected in return. I loved it.
0: The sooner any of us can learn that lesson, just to free the expectation from the gesture, right? I yeah. mean, I, it came to me later than I would have liked, but better late than well, never, right? And
1: it's one and it's one of the main tenets of of uh, emotional sobriety. I mean, you know, Bill Wilson says it in his stuff. It's like you know, wherever wherever we're in distress. Go ahead, go, go look. He didn't say go look and see if there is uh, an unrealistic expectation. He goes, there is a, there are unrealistic expectations. Go find out what they are, because that's how we set ourselves up.
2: Well, you know, I just had one flash with what you've gone through, what I've gone through, what you've gone through, Patrick. Is I was listening to this one podcast that these two female authors did and they said one of the biggest mistakes they made in their life, and I never realized this to be an expectation until they talked about it, they would take today's reality, they'd highlight it, then they'd cut it, and then paste it in tomorrow, thinking everything's just going to stay the same. Oh, wow. It's the cut and paste mentality, and I didn't realize that. It's like in my marriage. I thought my marriage was just going to continue on the way it was continuing on, and it was just going to be this way, and then all of a sudden, it's not at all what I thought it was. Wow. and and look what we went through that experience with you, Patrick, you've just gone through that experience in your relationship, you know, with your Maddie. I mean, it's 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 such an unconscious expectation that we just want things to stay the same. And which, the mistake we make so often, which is assumption. That's it, man. Isn't it? It's so, it, it's a part of this and, and you don't realize it. I mean, my first reaction to what happened, you guys saw it. I mean, I was blown away. I was upset about it. I objected to this. How could this happen? How could you do this to me? How could this, how could yeah. you do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, but it had people change. People change. Mm-hmm. I change. You change. We all change. And this idea that it's just, we're going to stay the same is so so such an oversimplification of life
0: mm-hmm. well it kind of dovetails with um i mean it has to do right with like we want to believe that we're always going to be here right we want to believe well, that I, we're... I think
2: it might be part of that denial as well that's right you know ernest um i think it was ernest Beck wrote this wonderful book called the denial of death And it was, he's a sociologist, and he looked at our relationship to death. And that's one of the things he talked about is, is that we just don't want to face it. Ernest Becker, that's who it was, I believe. Hmm. We just don't want to face it. We just do not want to face the reality. I would prefer not to. You know, and he was, he won a Pulitzer Prize for the book. It was brilliant. The Denial of Death. But look, this is maybe a non sequitur in some ways, but I wanted to share with you guys something that's happened over the last 48 hours in my life, which has been, to me, just kind of one of those, oh, my God, life is amazing moments, right? That we have those. This is the other side of the, are you kidding me? Life sucks moments. This is is the life is amazing. So, you know, there are always the two sides, right? There's always going to be you know, the light and the dark, there's going to be mm. happiness and sadness. There's going to be joy and, and sorrow. I mean, that's, they're always going to be part of us. So this is the life is amazing story. I think we yeah. maybe can have all three of us can use a little bit of life is amazing story. right? Yes. Now. Yes. So, I'll take it. So I went to the Jersey shore roundup this weekend and I got there because there was a group of about 16 guys that were introduced to my book, 12 Essential Insights, by their sponsor, Jimmy. And Jimmy said, hey, you guys, I just happened to find this book on emotional sobriety. We're going to take the next year, and we're going to work through this book. We're going to take a chapter almost every month, and we're going to digest it. We're going to be meeting, talking about it. I'm, we're going to answer Dr. Berger's, you know, do his exercises at the end mm-hmm. of the chapter. And I'm going to give you guys additional writing to do. And we're going to dig into this thing. So they're digging into it. And one of the guys decides to reach out to me and says, Hey, man, can you know, are you available to do some personal consultation with me and work with me individually? I said, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. So at our last session, he says, You know, a bunch of the guys. You know, they're going to this Jersey Shore roundup. Would you be interested in coming down, even just for a morning, and saying hi to everybody, and meeting everybody? I said, "Look, I'll sign up for the for the short for the work for the weekend, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. and spend part of my time down there." I, mm-hmm. I had a speaking engagement last night that you'll hear about in a minute. So I go down. I'm hanging out with these guys. It's amazing. It's so much fun to. Mm-hmm people that know you and that you don't know them but they so you, know you yeah know you. they know
1: you it's, it's a weird thing them. isn't it? Uh, a weird uh, thing, uh. but
2: they're really excited to meet me i mean one story was incredible but this isn't the one i was going to share with you but this is worth talking about too so this guy came to me this guy's name is tommy he says i you got 10 minutes for me to share with you i go of course well what do you want to say he says you know about Two years ago, I broke up with this gal I had been in a relationship with and we were having all kinds of problems. We broke up and I went through this relationship. And I had these medical problems and stuff like that. And then we start working on your book. And I go, I'm starting to realize all of the things that I was doing in that relationship that were causing problems. He said about three or four months ago, I end up meeting my ex. Hmm. And she says, you got a minute? I want to talk to you about something. She goes, "Well, what is it that you want to talk about?" She, goes, I, "I've just been exposed to some new ideas, and I wanted to share some with you." She goes, "I went to a workshop, and I'm reading this book called Twelve Essential Insights." Oh, wow, wow! So they're working on this stuff parallel, right? Parallel. No uh-huh. idea at all that they're both doing it. They get together and they start going, "Oh my goodness." So ever since then, they've been showing up every Thursday night. They're back together again. They're mm-hmm. working the program. Their relationship is better than it's ever been because of the principles we've been teaching them and because oh, wow. of the stuff in the book. So that was one of the things that happened. But the other thing that happened is that in my book, I talk about Tom and Flobird, right? Mm-hmm. On that chapter mm-hmm. of finding a purpose in your life, right? So mm-hmm. one of the guys in the group, He's kind of a nerd and self-proclaimed. And he started to research grapevine articles to see if Flaubert had written anything. Mm -hmm. So it turns out in 1970, shortly after I met Tom, Flaubert wrote this article. And I want to read it to you guys real quickly. And it's amazing because I, if, If I want you to close your eyes as I read this and get a sense of the spirit of recovery that was taking place around this woman, she goes, October 1970, where the birds fly, there are we. And it's by F.J. Slowbird in Kauai, Hawaii. She goes, We hold our meetings in the park, and anyone interested may come. She goes, It is better to be a bird than just to think you are one. Interesting, right? It's back to that Mm -hmm. thing. It's better to own who you are than to try to be someone you're not, right? To be a bird on the wings of love. Our Beachcomber Spiritual Progress Group started in 1968 at Sunset Beach in Hawaii. It is an open meeting and a traveling meeting. Wherever our hearts tell us to go, there we will be. We haven't registered our group with the AA General Service Office because we never know where we will go next. And our only address is in care of general delivery. We usually live in a tent or a van, camping in the parks. We meet spontaneously whenever other birds fly in to see us. Hmm. Isn't that cool? That's whenever I mean. other birds fly in to see us. We, um, many so-called hippie drug addicts have sat in and found the answer to their dope addiction. We tell them alcohol is a narcotic in liquid form. Why separate it unless we want to feel superior to our fellow man? Seems the hippies think drunks are horrible people. And the drunks think dope addicts are horrible. She goes, it's really a divine comedy.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Divine
2: comedy. Isn't that great? Our group came to the Big Island of Hawaii last year. In January, we stayed at Spencer Park and had many new adventures. We planted many seeds though some of them had to be watered by more alcohol or drugs to make them grow. And that's a cool mm-hmm. way to say it. That's good, yeah. Had to be watered by more alcohol and drugs to make them grow. In August, our hearts sent us to the mainland from California to Virginia Beach. Our greatest adventure there was going to Edgar Casey's Enlightenment Center, finding many there on the spiritual path and discovering that our AA way of life and service is like unto theirs. Also, mm. God sent us many birds from the armed forces hmm so there's reference to my experience with her sent us many birds from the armed forces um in december our hearts told us to go back to hawaii via california in the high desert arrived back in hawaii in january once again we are at spencer park in a tent the ocean at our feet yesterday we were 12 around the table our subject was how do we know whether it's god's will or our self-will Our goal is to live, love, laugh, and accept our happiness daily, sharing with all who walk into our lives. God works 24 hours a day, and when one of his birds yells for help, he doesn't say, sorry, man, I got to watch color TV. Also, we (laughs) have found God accepts everyone that man rejects. In our group, God is the doer of the action. He is our buddy, and as we travel along, our hearts fill with tears of gratitude, When we receive a letter from one of the birds who visited us and found that God truly was in his heart, waiting patiently for him to open the door and let him out. Many of our birds stay with us to kick the drugs and work through and work the first five steps, which open the doors of our heart. Then one by one, they leave us to make amends and walk towards their spiritual awakening. As we try to let go of our old ideas of life, we find something happens in our hearts as we admit, accept, and patiently correct. I like that. Admit, Mm -hmm. accept, and patiently correct. Isn't that cool? I love it. Even some of the new ideas have to be let go of. We have a lot of fun as we learn to laugh at ourselves and accept the pains of spiritual growth. Really hurts to cut loose our fears and doubts. The emotional and mental turmoil that comes when we start cleaning our inner house isn't easy to accept. And we are prone to try and find excuses to get off the hook. But when there are two or more going through the same pain, we're able to find the humor behind it. As we feel towards our an understanding of God, he meets us more than halfway. God is quite a trip. When we reach that permanent high, nothing and no one can take it from us. Each day becomes a heaven on earth. Love rules supreme. Thank God for AA. God does provide for those who try to help others. So wow. that's Flowbird, right? So that's wow. Flobert. Well, I get that on Friday. I get... This guy sends me that grapevine article. Mm -hmm. So Saturday night, I'm speaking in Flemington, New Jersey at the Serenity Group at eight o'clock. It's a speaker's meeting. Mm -hmm. And the the leader read my book, invited me to come and share my story, you know, as a member of AA. And also she wanted me to speak to emotional sobriety that night. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling my story. And part of my story is talking about one of Flowbird's birds, Tom, came mm-hmm. to deliver his message you guys heard me talk about that that yeah. was my first exposure to somebody being emotionally free right totally mm-hmm. at peace with himself and and able to talk about things and accept parts of himself that i was in such conflict with and had such hate for and here was mm-hmm. this man that was in harmony with all of who he was so i'm sharing about this i get i give a I give, uh, i thought a very very heartfelt and and, you know, very moving and inspiring discussion of my life and emotional sobriety. And then there's 15 minutes to share afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. So a couple people get up and say, God, you know, I got so much out of this more than I got in my rehab for 30 days. I mean, it was like, Mm -hmm. there was a a real stir about the information because Mm -hmm. one guy said, I've been going to meetings for over 15 years. And no one has ever come and talked about emotional sobriety. Mm. You know, talk about the best kept secret, right? Right. So the last person to share raises her hand. She's this little blonde gal in the front row, probably close to my age. She goes, my name is Candy. She goes, I am one of Flowbird's birds.
1: birds." Oh, that's so amazing.
2: She goes, I was living with Tom McCall when he met you back in 1971. And she was there the whole time. She was there to, for my whole beginning journey. Wow. So, I mean, talk about, what is it? Serendipity, synchronicity, yeah. God shot. I don't care what you call it. Mm-hmm. It was like one of these like moments of like, I got goosebumps now just sharing this with you. Oh, guys.
1: yeah. That's amazing. I and love so, that.
2: You know, after the meeting, we talk and we catch up and she shares with me her story. And then I call Tom. Mm-hmm. McCall, my sponsor, Tom, you'll never believe who I met. I met Cindy in the meeting. She goes, Cindy, oh my god. Oh, Candy. Oh my God, Candy. Oh, how is she? I, I didn't know. I've lost touch with her all these years. I, I had such a crush on her. <laughs> it was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. he told me all his stories with her. And I, I remember, I mean, remember she was, you know, she was amazing. She had this little girl that 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 she had just given birth to. She and I was going to all the meetings with her. I mean, it was it was what a what a neat neat experience this was amazing. to see the connections, man. Amazing.
1: I
0: love and, that.
2: Oh, life is amazing. I mean, look yeah. at how that all went down, man, in forty-eight hours.
0: Well, the way I look at it, or the way I choose to look at it, is um, you know, you embark on the journey of recovery, and it's just a seed. And then the longer that you, um, push ahead, this whole f- forest sprouts and, um, you know, mm-hmm. these connections, you know, that you foster over time and, um, you know, you have a full life and, uh, you've touched a lot of lives. And, uh, it seems inevitable to me that, that those people are going to circle back at some point. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's incentive for me to keep going, you know,
1: absolutely. one of the things I, that I, um, I know people listening to the uh, to the uh, podcast don't don't have a visual on this, but I, but I get to we get to sit here and watch Alan tell his story, and and one of the things I love is just just you're just glowing when you're telling this story. I mean, you're, the joy of all of this is just just coming through you as as you're describing it, and it's jo- and it's just joy. It's it's just the, the it's it's the payoff of what all this work is. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful, it's beautiful to hear, it's beautiful to watch, it's, uh, and it's very important for us to know, like you said, just like there are those dark spots that we, we talked about before that we go and there is suffering in the world, there absolutely is. Uh, there are these things as well. and it's important that we that we be open to them.
2: Well, it's like providence moves, doesn't it? I mean, that's Mm. kind of this thing. It's like it's such a powerful, powerful experience. And it it just was, you know, I I was going to read you something that this thought reminded me of. It's a a passage from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Mm
1: -hmm. He
2: goes, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back always ineffectiveness concerning all acts of initiative and creation. There is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, that providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no person could have dreamed would have come his or her way. Whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now.
1: And that's what happens,
2: man, that when when we make this commitment to this journey, all sorts of unforeseen things happen. Look, the three of us, you know, end up getting together and doing this podcast that ends up, you know, being so meaningful to so many others. There was one other kind of a little lighter moment that has nothing to do with this that was kind of made me smile because I didn't have any idea what it meant at the time it was said to me. One of these gals, I'm standing there talking to some of the guys from that group. And this gal comes up to me and she goes, are you Dr. Berger by any chance? I go, yes. She goes, you have been in my living room this whole last week. Mm -hmm. I've been watching your YouTube videos. And she goes, I'm getting so much out of this and what you guys are doing on the Thursday nights and stuff. She goes, it's amazing. I go, well, did you offer me a cup of coffee? She Mm -hmm. goes, no, I'm too damn selfish to do that.
1: (laughs) Good for her. She's
2: huh. was really funny. I says, "Well, we can work on that. That'll you'll you'll start to turn some of that." She goes, "She's so excited. She's like a gid, giddy teenager." She goes, "She goes. I want to share something with you." I she goes, "I don't know if you'll have if this will have any meaning to you, but it has a lot of meaning to 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 me." She goes, "I'm more excited to meet you than when I met in sync two years ago." Oh no! Wow. <laughs> That's wow. What, maybe you could tell me what does that mean?
0: Well, yeah, to my generation, that means a whole lot. What, mm-hmm. Tell me,
2: what is it? What well, is it's,
0: it? Like, it's like meeting a beetle or something. Like, you know, these are the, right? uh, the heartthrobs from uh, our youth, you know, Total Request Live, Britney Spears, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, As yeah. A, it, is... I didn't
2: know about it. Then my ego would.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's probably for the best. You temper that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, but she was a sweetheart. She was this Polish girl that's really going to be coming to our Thursday night meetings now. But,
0: mm-hmm. but look,
2: that's what happens with this is we start to spread this word you know, about what's going on, people see the value in it. And look, you know, Tom, you know, I think that you'll say this too, even though there were times where we felt totally forsaken by some of what was going on and, and some of our beliefs and ideas and stuff like that, they were still operating within us. We yeah. couldn't shake them, man. They were yeah. so integrated in our life and they were in behind the scenes. And And there were dark moments where I too, you know, I was in a very dark place and didn't see any possibility just like you man for what the future would be. well
1: you know you if you think about it from again the pan back position it's like the, the only reason we were able to describe the separation from that is because we have done the, the differentiation you know yeah. that we talk about here it's like it's like if i if i know what i don't have then it still exists you know, it's like because I think about if I go, if I travel back in time to, to the places in my life when I was in dark times before I had any of this recovery, it's like there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't something particular that was missing. And, you know, what I could be aware of in, in this when I was when I was what I call emotionally, you know, drunk on my ass during this this stuff, I was aware that I was. And uh, and that I was separated from the practice of what we talk about. And so that's that's the hope. That means I can get back to it.
2: Yeah, right on, man. Right on. Well, this has been a fantastic
1: show. Man, good to be back, man. Good to be back. Good to have you back, brother. Mm, Thank you. All right.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: All right. Peace. I think you may have, but, but I want to hear it again.
0: Yeah. He
2: goes, I, Alan Berger, affirm in the spirit of God within me and in the presence of God all about me, that I am a good man, that my natural desire is to be kind, loving, compassionate, empathetic, and fair, and I am not my behaviors or reactions. I choose to believe that life is good and I will be okay. And this is the part that really resonated here this weekend. My amazing life story is far from over. Ah.
1: No, you hadn't read that to me. I love that the whole Isn't thing. It great, yes.
2: I affirm this and accept this now. So God help me.
0: What came to mind when you were uh, walking us through your serendipitous uh, moments is how, like, we need to rekindle that fire from time to time. You know, the heat kind of dissipates. I think from some of this wisdom and some of these lessons, and the any opportunity we have to remind each other of that, of those things, and kind of like keep uh, keep each other close to the warmth. I think and remind ourselves obviously but like um it's uh it needs rekindling for sure
1: well that's right and it reminds actually reminds me of, of something the very first person who ever hired me to do an alcohol alcoholism job back uh, in whatever, 79, I think. And long before I was sober, but that was, a, it was, it was a place called Samaritan center where I was going to do group therapy with, with DUI offenders. And back then DUI offenders were people who had like sometimes 20 DUI before right. the new DUI laws. I mean, no, they didn't let, they didn't let nobody let us stop them from dr- driving and drinking. One of the things this woman said to me, um, uh, she said, never, you probably, I probably said this to you guys before, but she said, she said, never, never think, you know, where your help goes. Cause she says, you don't know. She says, you don't, don't know if it goes, you talking to somebody, maybe that helps that person. Maybe it doesn't help that person. Maybe that person says something to somebody else who says something to somebody else, you know, you just never know. And, and especially when we start talking about uh, putting out stuff with videos and writing and this kind of stuff is so cool. Just to see what the what the what the ripple effect does and how far how far this spreads and and what pieces of it touch other other folks. You know, and I don't know about you, but but sometimes when people will say to me, you know, you, you you something really changed my life in the book. You know, and they'll tell me which part it was that, that really impacted them. I, it, it may not seem that big to me, or I may not even remember it they're ever writing it but it's like it was you know they say no this this was so important to me that you said this and it's like and that's that's what you're talking about there Patrick is we need to we need to we need to take that seriously and no no that's real and we are participating in this in this this giant wonderful project
0: well cool so uh we'll we've lately Tom we've just been kind of playing this by ear week to week um in terms of the scheduling and everything so we'll continue to do so and we'll just like stay in touch with each other okay and ho- hopefully. You know, next week we can do it again.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. You know, I mean, there, there, I can, I can have bad days and some of this stuff, but and I appreciate your patience if I do. But, but uh, uh, for the most part, I think I'm hoping I'm back. So. And
0: you, you made a little jest when I told you earlier, Tom. But you really do look good. I mean, I, you know, this could just be. Uh uh you know that initial rush of after being bombless this whole time but uh you know i'm not bullshitting you my,
1: my, i know but my bird, like this is what happened with, with radiation my beard is burnt off
0: yeah
2: i saw that oh
0: i didn't it's even gone. notice
1: that no it's i i haven't shaved they burnt my beard off <laughs>
0: oh shit
1: it's like, it's like it's like so it's it's a it's weird being and and i and i have lost i do have bald spots in the back of my head uh uh so yes, and, yeah, So so, so
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like well, so uh, so does
0: Jeff Bezos. But look at all he's accomplished. You know,
1: that's Just, good. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping mine's coming back. with will I love you man. Love, you, man. love you. Love you. Love you both. Tinge your life. tinge
0: your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you.